If you were a worship pastor, there would not be an expectation. Mm. My spouse needs to be by my side singing or playing an instrument. And it's like, uh, I don't sing or play an instrument. So what do I do? You know, like that wouldn't be required of them. I don't think it should be required specifically in youth ministry either. It doesn't really make a lot of sense if that is not your gift set. We often talk about ministry as a calling, you mm. know, and it's just like, hey, if you're not called to it, it's going to be an uphill battle, right? you know? So if you're forcing someone to to inherit your calling just because they're your spouse. Why would you want somebody to do what they're not called to do? That's so abusive and unhealthy. If they can and want to serve, that's awesome. If they can't or don't want to, that's fine too. In this episode, we're talking all about the positives and negatives to being a youth ministry spouse. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where every week we bring you actionable and practical tips that you can implement into your youth ministry. This is going to be a little bit of a different episode because Kristen uh, once again lost her voice, (laughs) but the show must go on. So what better way to fill void than have this idiot talk for a while instead? Everyone's going to love it. So what what happens when you add a all-nighter plus winter camp plus... Plus Disneyland, you get laryngitis. <laughs> you typical. stop screaming at everybody, I guess. I guess so. Typical youth pastor problems. <laughs> and I'm speaking at a winter camp this weekend, so oh, nice. I got to recover. So I thought this will be great to kind of interview Jeff a little bit more because it's usually you very politely listening to <laughs> mostly me talk. But the, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. You have a lot of good stuff to say. Thank you. But the listeners want to hear, what on earth is it like to be a ministry spouse? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what's it like from your perspective and how you can encourage pastors and uh, ministry spouses of what you like what advice would you give them basically probably not any good advice but i'll do my best okay so that's the last self-deprecating comment (laughs) all right you're gonna have to move on from that all right okay so let's just start off with the bad news what's the bad news what has been the hardest part about being a ministry spouse oh for the last 12 and a half years. Um, so I did write down some notes. I knew these questions ahead of time just to give me my a little bit of a prep for myself. So I listed actually a bunch of things, which is kind of scary. But the first one was one of the more difficult things, I think, or the hardest part about being a ministry, youth ministry spouse is there's a lot of conflicting schedules a lot of times. And I think specifically this comes when both spouses work. Mm-hmm. And that's our our case. And we have two kids, which is a whole other element of, of difficulty to try and plan everything and make sure everyone has enough time to do everything that they need to do. And I'll get into this a little bit later with one of the other questions. But one thing I think that can alleviate a lot of that, which we try to do is have a shared calendar. I don't think we do a great job of sharing it, but <laughs> but it's there. You know, like we have access to it, but I feel like we don't always update it as often as we should. Mm. But fortunately for us in our situation, I have a flexible job. Your job is relatively flexible outside of meetings, events, 
camps, things like that. But those are kind of some things that are a little difficult, I think, to navigate when it's like, well, I have a career, you have a career. So when those things conflict and all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, this isn't going to add up. That can be, that can be a little bit difficult. It's like a game of chicken. Who's going to back down (laughs) their schedule first? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another thing that's been I wouldn't say I'm, I'm listing everything that's been the hardest part. It, I, these things are not like end of the world type things, but you asked. And so these were my answers. But one of them is we at our church are now at three services, one Saturday night to Sunday. We never get to go to church together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're coming up on uh, this is our 13th or 14th year. What year is this? Married? 2024. This is our 13th year anniversary coming up. And like, I feel like we can count on two hands, tops, maybe. I think like maybe. four Father's Days ago, <laughs> I sat in with you on Sunday yeah. for one service. So that's been kind of hard, you know, but I, at the same time, I feel like it's just kind of become normal. Yeah. And maybe that's sad, but, you know, we talk about the message. We were in a Bible not, study yeah, together. Study. So we talk about it, but actually, and, and, and really it's like all you're doing is sitting next to a person. You know, so it's like watching a movie separately (laughs) and then talking about it later. (laughs) It's like, does it really matter that you're not right next to each other when it's happening? I know for me, I tend to forget things like immediately. So it's always hard after the church service is over. She'll say, what did you think of the message? And I'll be like, I'm trying to remember what it was. So I'm sure if we were both in there together, maybe being able to have that conversation sooner would help jog my memory a Mm -hmm. little bit better. Mm -hmm. So that's another one. Number three. Um. I don't think this applies to us. So I'm throwing this one in there because I feel like this is a kind of like a classic statement, but again, it doesn't really apply. But a lot of times a problem that will come up is that spouses of youth pastors or people in youth ministry will say you are more concerned with your youth group in your flock than you are with your own family. And it's like every time something comes up, you're at church or you're with a student or you're mentoring or, you know, fixing a problem and we feel neglected. I don't, I don't feel that way at all. I mean, but I'm kind of throwing that out there because I'm sure that is a problem that a lot of youth ministry or just ministry spouses in general have, but I don't, I don't see that you know, from, I've never experienced that, like where I feel like, man, you're always there and you're never, no, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't phase me like that at all. I don't think you, you do that. So good mm-hmm. job. Yay. Thank <laughs> you. I'm glad. Um, <clears throat> I hope our kids feel that yeah. same way as well. This one, I think this could probably be true for anybody, just any job, but sometimes you feel like, because ministry, when you have a, a group of volunteers and you know you're really tight with them sometimes it can almost feel like wow you have like a life like mm. outside of my life where it's funny cuz sometimes you'll say like you'll talk about a volunteer and you'll throw out a name and I'm like who mm. I, I've never <laughs> heard of that person before <laughs> yeah i remember you saying that the other day and yet like for a few but hours. I feel like I have to keep describing the same people to you. That's true. I'm I have like, a horrible it's memory. It's this one, or it's that one, or it's this. I, and, but a lot of times that's because I've never met them, yeah. and so I can't like put a face Click. to a name mm-hmm. and things like that. Or even every now and then, if I go to youth group, your youth ministry, like midweek, I'll see people and be like, I have no clue who that is, or like, are they even a leader or a student? <laughs> like, I have no idea. So there is sometimes that where you can kind of feel like 
left like, out. Yeah, like because sometimes like there might be like these inside jokes or things that you guys will talk about. And, like I have no idea what you're what you guys are talking about. But again, I don't. This these aren't like so I want you to quit. You know, like type <laughs> things. Like none of these. To be honest, none of these are very. Wow, high. this episode could have <laughs> taken a turn. The one where Jeff tells Kristen to quit. Right. <laughs> Live on um, the air. This one, again, this is another one that I can't say is true, or but I think hypothetically this could be the case. So you have had really great campus pastors or bosses. You've had really great coworkers. I could see if that wasn't the case. Like bringing that home. Bringing that home. And then it's different because if you were, if you worked at, some just corporate company and you know, my boss is horrible and I could, I could dislike Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so and we could commiserate together and I'd probably never see them maybe at a Christmas party. But with church, it's like, if you're mad or you're upset with your boss or the, you know, the it's pastor, also your pastor, it's my pastor or yeah. our, just someone I know really well. And then if you were to be there every Sunday and it's like having to put on, you know, a, a, a fake, you know, facade and just be like, Hey, how's it going? And back of my mind, I'm like, you're such a jerk. You because know, all of the all dirt. Of all. Yeah. yeah. And I could see that being a really difficult thing to have to navigate. So would you, okay. If that were the case, would you want to be told? I, or yeah. would you be like, Hey, like that's going to ruin my relationship with this person. No, because my relationship with you means more than my relationship with them. Oh. And so <laughs> for those of you who couldn't hear that, she said, oh, <laughs> um, it, it's true, though, because I would want to know those things because I wouldn't want you to be struggling with something and me being completely oblivious. Yeah. That would be I think that would be more difficult doing it that way. So mm -hmm. I think those are, those would be the answers for those questions or that question. So then. And this, you know, you can answer this like from your own experience, our own experience, but how do you think youth ministry spouses can be the most encouraging or supportive to their pastor or ministry lead spouse? I always try to ask, you know, questions. You always say too many questions. <laughs> Not too many. It's like... Too dis yeah, like once I'm like, how would I know the answer to that? It's like, and then I feel so dumb. Like, well, should I have asked that? I don't know. I didn't. So, so now Jed came and he brought cake. What kind of cake was it? Where was it from? Like, what was the icing made out was of? Was it on sale? I'm too interested in this. So it's like, okay, wow, that was not going to be the end of the story. But now we're. Was it round? Was it square? Did it have flowers on it? Who got the first piece? How big was it? Why did they go first? You get the idea. So I would say, though, asking a lot of good questions and listening, you know, because I feel like there's always a chance. I always say when you come home late after a Tuesday night program, if you're late, I'm like, things either went really well or they went really bad. Most of the time, really bad. For <laughs> so, late, being late. Not always. Sometimes well, you I'm guys like, are like, oh, we were all hanging out yeah, and doing a dance party and whatever. With these people that I have no idea who they are. <laughs> My other, <your> other life. 
<laughs> so I think you just kind You're of being, invited to hang out with us. You never come. I'll put the kids to bed. I'll drive over there. <laughs> no, like you could come in. You could come in and yeah. like, I don't know. So for years I did. I, I volunteered for seven years. And then when we had our first daughter, I just kind of took a, a break. And now that we have a second. And never looked And back. I never looked back. <laughs> the spell was broken. I, I come and I'm like, who are these kids? They're wild. They're crazy. No, thanks. But no, maybe one day I'll come back. I could see me doing that at some point. But to answer your question, just asking a lot of questions, you know, listening. I I think the default thing for guys is always to solve problems. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not, I think I don't think what people you specifically want to hear. Like when you said it was my fault that I lost my voice. Why didn't you use a microphone? I did. Well, why did you, why did you use a megaphone? I, think, I did. Well, why'd I, you keep yelling at people? I, yeah. Okay. I was at camp all weekend. The voice is gone. It's not my fault. Like that. <laughs> I think I was less aggressive with my questions, but was not all good points. <laughs> Please. So. You've been out of youth ministry too long. If you think a megaphone is going to solve this laryngitis. <laughs> yes. That, that's your own problem. Thanks for your compassion. <laughs> Tell us more about how to encourage yourself. <laughs> so anyways, uh, that's, I mean, I, honestly, I think that's a, a big part of it. Knowing as much as you can about the ministry. If you're not, this is also kind of assuming that you're not involved in yeah. the ministry actively, like being a, a volunteer in it, just kind of trying to be from, you know, an outside perspective, like as much a part of it as you can, you know? Okay. So that brings up a good question. Like some churches are very adamant that the spouse and the youth pastor are both involved in some way, shape, or form in ministry. And you've just made it really clear you're not, right. you know, anymore. You were. So kind of explain that dynamic, like being involved versus not being involved and like expectations of church leadership and even some spouses, you know, they have an expectation of their spouse. Mm. Like, well, you, I have a built-in small group leader right right, right here. Yeah. I have a built-in admin right here. Right. I say if they can and want to serve, that's awesome. If they can't or don't want to, that's fine too. I think an, an analogy that kind of came to mind for me was if you were a worship pastor, there would not be an expectation. Mm. My spouse needs to be by my side singing or playing an instrument. And it's like, uh, I don't sing or play an instrument. So what do I do? <laughs> you know, like that wouldn't be required of them. I don't think it should be required specifically in youth ministry either. It doesn't really make a lot of sense if that is not your gift set. And why would you want to, if you were the youth pastor, why would you want to force your spouse to do it? I understand the the blessings and the, um, all the good that can come from being in a ministry together mm-hmm. because we did get to experience it that. It was super fun. But at the same time, if it's like if that is not healthy or just what you're called to do, why would you want somebody to do what they're not called to do? That's so abusive and unhealthy, I think, for somebody. And you can probably breed some resentment too. Totally. You know, like what other job could you be like, hey, you have to come to work with me. Hey, right. You have to do free assisting for me, like right. you know, ministry. And no, yeah, and no other, and no other capacity would that be required <laughs> or expected, or, right? Yeah, it, and it's weird because we often talk about ministry as a calling, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just like 
hey, if you're not called to it, it's going to be an uphill battle. Right. You know, so if you're forcing someone to inherit your calling just because they're your spouse, like, I mean, does anyone even know if Paul... Would Ever you, got married? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it wasn't... If, if he was, we didn't hear anything about her. And the only reason I knew... Peter was married is because I watched the chosen and he had a <laughs> wife and they were always fighting, but it, <laughs> which brings us back to Paul. <laughs> he could see that. Well, he's like, if you don't need to get married, don't cause ministry is hard. But like, we don't really hear about any of the disciples wives. Like yeah. maybe you guys are smarter than me and know the answer to that. But I've been a Christian since I was four years old, went to a Christian school and church every and youth group and every camp. I've never heard about the disciples' mm, wives. So if they had them, we don't know much about them or maybe someone out there does. Right. But all that to say, pretty clear from scripture, it's not like some requirement. So what would you say like if a church is pressuring a spouse to help in a capacity that they don't feel gifted in, how would you handle that? Um, I think if this is something where you're applying at a church and that is a requirement that they have, that's a, that's a question you have to discuss with your spouse. Like, are they willing to do that? Is that something that they're okay with? And if you're not, I think at that point you either need to say, we need to just pass on this. I personally would, would vocalize it as peacefully as I could and just say, you know, I don't, I'm not really in favor of that. And here are the reasons why. I, and on a side note, I do think it's important for everyone to serve. I was just thinking that. like, But not necessarily yeah. have to serve, because that just seems weird. Because what if your spouse, who is in full-time ministry, or even part-time ministry, all of a sudden switches roles? Oh, well, the spouse has to go with you. Yeah, you now true. have a calling to your... How many... We've talked to so many youth pastors who are both youth pastor, worship pastor. Yeah. And if all of a sudden they said... Or you're no longer going to be the youth pastor. We want you to full-time youth worship pastor. So your wife has to go. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Or husband. R- right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just default to the wife. What can I say? <laughs> I think that if you were in a ministry where all of a sudden they said, hey, this is a new thing, that would be probably more, I think, more difficult. Because if you haven't gotten the job, you can make that decision before you get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might be in a position where like, I really need this job. And again, that's a conversation you need to have with your spouse. But if it was you were in a role and all of a sudden they decided, hey, now we've decided we want spouses. It just seems like weird that anyone would do that. I'm sure someone has faced that. I, again, I would just peacefully push back and say that's not what my but I like spouse's what you said, like serving somewhere right like hey my spouse is so in favor of ministry in this church and wants to find where they fit right you know like jeff is a greeter I, right i, ser- I serve as a greeter. on the greeter team <laughs> and he tries every week to get less less awkward, awkward. it doesn't help but i try <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep toying with the idea of filming myself and micing myself up just with some of the weird stuff I that just comes out. The Greeter Chronicles. <laughs> Maybe. Um, no, yeah, I think it is Did important. we ever tell them about when you were wearing that pineapple shirt? Probably not. He was wearing this pineapple polo. It was really cute. It had all these little mini pineapples <laughs> on it. And this lady goes, oh, I love your shirt. It reminds it re- me of Hawaii. Yeah. And he goes... 
Well, I'd rather be in Hawaii than have this shirt. I don't know why. That's That was my response to someone saying it reminds me of Hawaii. I'd rather be in Hawaii than have this shirt. I just wanted to punch myself in the face and just go hide under a rock. And what made it worse is she didn't quite hear me. So then I had to repeat it. And the second time around, it sounded even worse. <laughs> Yeah, I shouldn't be on the greedy. Hey, team. you are one pathetic loser. Oh, no, no offense. No offense taken. No offense. Um, Dumb and Dumber reference, just in case you think I'm really that mean. It's just a <laughs> quote we say to each other a lot, a lot. Um, no, I, again, though, going back to that, I do think it's important for someone to serve. I don't think they need to be serving on the same ministry. Mm-hmm. The the I'm going to just to talk for a second here. The blessings that you can have, though, if you are on the same ministry, if that is your calling and you, you're you on the same ministry as your spouse who is in full-time or part-time ministry, is that you can share more intimately, for a lack of a better word, the wins and fails yeah, yeah. Um, because it is more, you know, there's more of a connection there. The same would be true if I told you, hey, um, a guy I went to middle school with named Mike Jones got saved last week. You'd be like, cool. Yeah. I don't really know who Mike Jones is. Maybe you've had or haven't talked about him, but that's cool. Yeah. And probably within five minutes you had forgotten about it. Whereas if it was like, Hey, my best friend that you know, well, and love just got saved. There's so much more connection. Yeah. So when things are in ministry, when there's things happening in ministry, if a kid gets saved or if a a volunteer is having a problem. It's like you intimately know that person. I know their personal lives. I know what's going on. I know who they are. And so those wins mean so much more or those times of mourning or what have you mean so much more because of that connection that you have with Mm -hmm. that person. So when you do come home and say, this awesome thing happens, I don't maybe have the as close of connection yeah. with that or, you know, or oh, I was so bummed because this happened. It's like, well, I don't know that student. I don't know that leader. It's like, that's a bummer, yeah. but then I can kind of move on. It's not really a part. So I feel like you're not in the same way, you know, spouses, you do life together mm-hmm. when you're doing ministry, it's ministry life together. And it's just so much more um, of a connection. Ministry there. life. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> You should be on the greeting team. Kind of see that. What? Here's a riddle. What's cringy, awkward, and has two thumbs? <laughs> that girl. I don't know. What are you talking about? I was trying to make a greeter joke. <laughs> I have laryngitis of the brain as well. Yeah, I okay. can see that. Yes. All right. What's next? So, how do you? We kind of you talked about this a little bit with like the whole concept of the calendar and you know in the beginning when you were saying like I'm really good at making time for our family and not Mm -hmm. making it seem like I'm married to the ministry or anything like that but how do you think a ministry spouse can hold their pastor spouse accountable for like their health and family and time management and relationship management that kind of thing. I think if you are intentional about your time, um, we do have a shared calendar, but it's not, we, we need to actually move it online. We just have it as literally a physical copy. And so it's like, if I'm not home, someone says, what are you doing on this day? It's like, I don't know. I got to wait till I get back home to check. But if you can update that regularly and really be like, okay, I know where 
you know, when you have an event or where this is happening, there's a meeting and vice versa. I'm going to be gone for work for this or that. And then if you set aside time and really be intentional about it and stick to that and say, this is the time, you know, we kind of just say, always say Sundays after church Sundays is just family time where neither one of us is working after, you know, church is over and, you know, and that is just set aside and, and, and sometimes something comes up where that's not the case. But I think if you can just make those times where you say, yeah, there's always going to be this time or mm-hmm. if it's like hey on this day and and just to, not to get sidetracked here too much but i also think it can be part of seasons because you're at a point in your ministry you've been doing it a long time you have a team of like a thousand volunteers you have a really awesome guys director you have a well-oiled machine in a lot of ways where a lot of youth pastors can kind of get into like, I got to, you know, I have to go to this sporting event and I need to go to this recital and like all these things because maybe they're the only person yeah. and, and, and that's important. And I think if that's for a season where it's like, look, I'm really trying to build these connections with these students. I don't have this huge volunteer staff that can do a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're at the point, your small group leaders, your volunteers, they're the ones that were a lot of times doing that because they're the ones who are really uh, close to those specific students. So when they have a, a sporting event or a recital or what have you, they're the ones that are there and you aren't always having to be the one that's there. Yeah. So I think you have to have a little grace if it's like, hey, I'm I'm trying to build this thing. I'm trying to be, you know, grow You're this You're saying ministry. like the spouse has to have some grace the with spouse the building have phase. A little, yeah. yeah. Now, if that building phase, because we should always be in a building phase, but if it's like, hey, it's been you know, however long you still don't have any volunteers. Yeah. Your ministry's not really growing. It's then like, maybe when, something like else a church planter, you know, like I remember we had a friend who he was a college pastor mm. and then he planted his own church and it was like, he needed that six months to whatever it was to like hit it, yeah. hit the ground running and eat, sleep and breathe this thing. So I I think you're right. There's certain, but like our senior pastor always says, you can't call something a season unless it has a beginning and And an end. end. Totally. And he's like, seasons do end. So if you are just in this perpetual burnout, then now you're in a cycle of unhealth. Right. You're not in a season anymore. Right. This is normalcy for your family and that's not sustainable. Yeah. And I think even during that season, when you're in the middle of it, you can still make that intentional time. Right. I, I would be shocked if someone said there's something I need to do seven days a week where I can't be at home. You know, that would be, I, I can't see a situation where that would be the case. So I think if you did make intentional time where the phone goes off, yeah. you know, I was like, this is time with my family or this is time with my spouse. But, you know, having that caveat where it's like, Hey, you you're in just like a really head down, got to get things done, you know, and, and, and work hard phase, then yeah, the spouse I think should have a little bit of grace, you know, within that. So, so let's end on a positive note. Okay. What is the best part? If there is one of being a ministry spouse? Yeah. So I think if you are able to serve on a ministry together willingly, I think there's a lot of, um, good that can come into your marriage and just in your spiritual life together because of the things we talked about, you know, being able to share in those wins and losses together and really kind of have that connection and knowing all of it. If you are not in the same ministry, I do encourage you to serve, obviously. But I think some of the blessings just to having a spouse in ministry is that 
you get to really see, I kind of think of it as like a backstage pass to ministry and just the church in general. Mm. You know, like a lot of the things that you get to see happen that maybe your average attendee, you know, wouldn't have access to. And 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 then like what in my mind, what I think of is like, if you are at a wedding being, you know, there's like, if you're an attendee of a wedding, it's fun and you get to see a lot of cool things and do a, cool th- a lot of cool things and all that. But it's like, it's, it's even better when you're part of the wedding party mm-hmm. and you kind of have access more to the bride and groom and you have access to, you know, just the behind the scenes stuff. That's kind of just a fun way. I think of looking at it for ministry is you always know, you know, staff members better and cause you're around yeah. them more and, you know, hopefully the Christmas parties are fun and you get to go to those too. Um, but that's one thing I think of is just kind of being able to see the inner workings. And sometimes you get like the inside scoop on a lot of stuff that's happening, like something like, Hey, this is coming down the road. This is exciting. You get to know about it ahead of time. So you might know like someone who's about to get hired, you know, like you'll know that ahead of time, like how exciting is that? And there's just certain things like that. I think that make it kind of, kind of fun just to have that, the inside scoop. And you also have like, feel like access to other people in the church, yeah, you know, where I, it's funny because I, we live in a town called Fallbrook. I grew up for the most part in Fallbrook. You did not. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, I should know more of these people than you. But when I'm at church, it's always, oh, you're Kristen's husband. <laughs> it's never, it's never the other way around. Like, oh, you're Jeff's wife. No, like they always know who Kristen is, but I meet so many people that know her and it's kind of like, well, I like her, so I like you then too. You know, you kind of like you're on the inside track, like with everything, which is kind of fun. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you've shared probably too much. No, Um, but is there like one big lesson that you've learned that you would want to leave people with? Like when it comes down to all of this, like you said so many good things. If it was like, you know, this is one of the biggest lessons I've learned that could help or encourage. I'll give you, I'm going to give a negative and a positive. Okay. <laughs> Balance things out. And I'll start with the negative. So we'll, we'll, then we'll end on a positive note. But sometimes it's difficult, you know, and I'm sure a lot of you youth pastors and spouses can understand this, but um, people can suck sometimes. Mm. And I, you don't want to think that's in the church. But unfortunately, it is because yeah. we're all human. We're all people. Yeah. I used to work at a Marriott property and you know, in hospitality, and I got to see a really ugly side of human nature often. And people would come to the front desk, and you know, I was a manager for a while, and I'd hear someone just say, "May I speak to your manager?" And, you know, be upset, and they never had anything good to say. You know, so you'd come out there, and there'd be some complaint, and every now and then it would actually be legitimate, but usually it was things where it was just so trivial. And, you know, they'd be just throwing a fit and yelling at a front desk clerk or me or whoever, because it's like, I wanted a second floor room and, and facing the courtyard and I didn't get it. And, and probably nine out of 10 times you could just say, okay, we'll change that. Like, why are you so upset? And it was really hard sometimes to have compassion for people where it's like, you're flying off the handle for no good reason. And, And I always wanted to say to them do you really think I or the front desk clerk or whatever woke up today and thought I'm going to mess with Mr. Johnson and not give him a second floor with a balcony fit? It's like, no, it was a simple mistake. It was either no one knew and we can correct it 
or it was we literally don't have that and it's not our fault as much as it's like it was a request. Yeah. So anyways, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent, but sometimes I feel that same mentality that can be maybe some entitled people will come at, you know, the senior pastor or you or someone in ministry and hearing about it it does kind of come back to that thing where it's like, I know those things. It's hard for me to see that like person. Like you know too much. Sometimes. Yeah. And and just kind of thinking like, I you, you people in ministry <laughs> work so hard. And I believe, you know, I know for sure you, your heart is for your students, for your volunteers, for the parents. So when someone ever comes and has this beef about whatever, you just want to say, like, can we sit down somewhere and just talk about what is going on in your life that you would talk to somebody in ministry that way? Mm-hmm. Because they act like that just entitled person that got a cheeseburger instead of a hamburger and throwing a fit at a restaurant. And you're just like, what is going on in your life? Right. You know, and I think just seeing some of that is... So like that protective side, you yeah. know, of like you see like dang, like you work so hard and then getting treated and that doesn't happen. Because if you're flippant with your job, you're like, whatever, I don't even care. And then stuff happened and it'd be like, oh, you kind of deserve the backlash. But when your whole goal is to build students up, have them grow in a relationship with God, and then some parents throwing a fit because for whatever, you know, it's like, Wow. Like, I don't know. It just like a little discouraging yeah. you know, on the sidelines. So I, I think that's one thing that's, you know, a, a lesson I've learned that people, people can be difficult in any yeah. aspect of life, you know, no matter what. I mean, you'd think in ministry, people would have a little more grace, but it's not the case a lot of times. Well, that's kind of like what the sermon was about this weekend. Like he was talking about, it's the sin in us. Like it's not necessarily like us as much as it is the sin mm. that still lingers and finds a way out of us sometimes. Yeah. So then like, what is, what was the good lesson you've learned? No, I didn't have one. I just, no, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not um, even the mood to talk about I think, it. Anymore. I think a really cool thing about having a spouse in ministry is your, is, is raising a family with that being a part of your life. It's such an integral part of your life. So therefore part of our lives and being able to have two daughters who are like, not just we consistently go to church, but like they're truly, truly just growing up within the church and they mm-hmm. love it, you know, and, and, and that's also a, not just a testament to you, but also to our church, which is very, a very healthy environment and uh, do such a good job with the children's ministry, youth ministry, and, and and beyond. But just being able to raise a family within a healthy church yeah. environment like that totally. has been a huge, huge blessing. And they don't ever see like that side that you're talking about. Like I right. never talk, you know, sometimes our older one will be like, were there any bad kids today? And like <laughs> she wants to know, you know, and like, don't worry about it. Right. But, you know, like they... Our senior pastor has said, I wanted to raise a family that like at the end of my career would still love the God I serve 
and the church I work for. Yeah. And he's like, so I always did my ministry in a way that my kids would not be like, my parents got, or my dad got eaten alive by those people, or, you know, he was married to the church and was never home. And he loved those youth group kids more than he loved us, or the church did him dirty in one way or another. Like, just knowing, like, you don't want to burn your family Mm. on. Like, you're a grown man. I think you can tell the difference between people and God, right? right? But like formative years of faith, people confuse that kind of stuff. Like, well, Christians... My my mom got fired by the church, therefore God is bad. Yeah, like, because those people said they love God. And if those kind of people do bad things or make my family, you know, then it's like gets really messy and complicated. But I think where we're at right now, like our kids can't get enough of church and of the leaders that they're in their classes. And, you know, it's, it is such an incredible front row seat they get to healthy ministry. Like there's nothing to hide. It's not like, well, we go to church, but I know the truth, you know, it's like, like I work behind the scenes and mm-hmm. there's nothing I need to like protect you guys yeah. from because it's all healthy. So being in a healthy church makes that very easy. Yeah. All right. So uh, we don't really have any question of the day per se, but we do have a comment of the day and this yes. comes from Nina Medina who says, Ooh, that rhymes. thank you both so much. You guys are a prayer answer. Oh, really? That's what she said, right Nina. there. Nina. Right there. There oh, it is. She's so sweet. I'm so Thank glad. Thank you, Nina. We appreciate that. And also, if you guys can pray for Kristen's voice, that it would come uh, back. Because we really can't do another week of this. So Well, and I have four days before I have to... <laughs> Go to the mountains and do a whole do it other all camp. Over again. At least being a speaker, you're probably not going to have to herd cats and be yelling for kids to get. Yeah, it'll be just like getting the messages done, yeah. but it takes so much effort to True. get ta- the words out. It's frustrating. All right, all right, sh- all right. Sh- 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 that's enough. enough. For you. It's a long episode. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed I that. Why it wasn't my fault? You're last the one time talking. I'll be featured. <laughs> My voice is really hurting right now. I've been talking too Maybe much. Maybe you should use a megaphone. Maybe you should use a microphone. Talking Maybe so much. Talk way too much. Your fault. It's all my fault. All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching and listening. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you, you next time. time. Today, we're talking all about the positives and negatives to being a youth ministry spouse from somebody who's a youth ministry spouse. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where every week we bring you actionable something. Is your house... Is your house... It's your spouse. So much for watching and listening and And make sure. Oh, yeah.